I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Boom, and we're back. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome to the Coach HP Show. We're back at it again. Super pumped about this episode, this one in particularly. Big story behind the guest of this episode. Where he's, where, how far he's come, where he's going. A lot of big things. But before we get into him, please, as always, consider subscribing. Consider giving me some love. I'm here for you. This is the number one podcast of positivity in the internet. Here to make your dreams happen, to guide you, to show you how it not always looks so cookie cutter and it's not always nice and it's not always clean and it's not always safe. But the people who take risks, the people who challenge themselves, the people who don't take no for the an- for an answer. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes you start to wonder, what are you doing with your life? But those that stick with it get the ultimate reward. Today's episode. The little sponsor here. Today's episode is brought to you by Farswit Watch Company. F-A-R-R-S-W-I-T. Farswit Watch Watch Company. They send me one. Super cool. A lot of cool little stuff. It has a lot of things, man. Their their flagship watch, the seaplane, was born out of passion for first-rate craftsmanship that spans generations, made with the highest quality materials and a meticulous eye for the design. The Seaplane Automatic features Swiss workhorse automatic movements and is assembled in the US of A. That's one of their watches. Super cool how it looks on the back. It brights up. A lot of good things. Chicago-based company, ground level. Their their mantra is a company that wants to inspire people to make the most of their time and introduce and expand appreciation for quality timepieces. So I like the one I got, man. It's super cool. Again, Far Swit, Swit, and on uh, Instagram, they're at F-A-R-R-A-N-D-S-W-I-T. Check them out. Give them a follow. Super cool watches, super cool dude out of Chicago. All right, let's get into the show today. My man, Andrew Goldberg. And I said this on the on the tag. The reason I know Gary V is because of this man right here. Yes, other characters came into play that helped me out. But it was one dude connecting with me that started this whole journey. Goes to show you. You never know who that person is. You never know who it is 
that's going to get you to where you want to go. Everybody focus. I can tell you any one of my secrets. One of my biggest secrets is while everybody focuses on who has the most clout, I'm going to go after that guy and I'm going to reach for that guy. I try to help out everybody blindly. And then everybody's going to fall wherever they fall. And the best conversation and the best thing I could tell you about Andrew is guy's a hustler. Tremendous story of how he got with Vayner and Gary, which is crazy. And then when I was in New York, I felt so bad for him. He leaves the company. I thought his, I was like, damn, I feel sad for him. I'll never forget this. I was sitting here in the Doral. I had just worked with kids or I was about to work with kids in the cage. I think I had just worked with kids. And I was talking to him on the phone. And he didn't know what he was going to do. And I said, listen, my man, you got passion. You got a lot of skill sets. He's a soccer player, and he was deep into cards. And who would have known that this whole sports cards world was going to come into play? And he was at the tip of it, and he got in there and is absolutely crushing it right now. Started a super successful podcast, which he has, which is called, I want to get this right because it's like five names here, but I want to I wanna make sure I get this right here. Hold on one second. Here we do things live. I, we got no producers over here, so we have to make sure it's get it right. His podcast is called, what, what, what genius marketing this is, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. And it is L-U-K-A-T-I-G-E-R-L-E-B-R-O-N podcast. He started a podcast about cards. And lo and behold, this dude's crushing it. So much that he had Gary as a guest on his show and he maintained the relationship, which is what I care about. Relationship. This episode, the one and only. Now he works for himself. Now he makes moves for himself. Very different than when he was two years ago when I met him. And you start keeping up and you keep going and you keep going and that's how it is. I reached out to him yesterday because this is a little while back. And he goes, this, we got to do part two because he's blowing up. Just interviewed the guy who who bought the Mickey Mantle for 5.2 milli, 5.2 milli. He goes, we got to do another one, bro. I go, I know, man. <laughs> We're going to do it without further delay. On today's show, we have the story of my man, Andrew Goldberg. Here we go. Three, two, one, boom, we're on with my man, my man, Andrew. Andrew, the the Tatis, how much was it worth? So this weekend I bought uh, 10 Tatis, and they were 150, 155. Uh, he was crushing it, and he's he's got, like, swag. He kind of reminds me of you a little bit, you know? He he, he can move. He has some moves, yeah, yeah, yeah. moves, and they're 155, and then they boomed to, like, 275, 285. So the guy's like, can you come up to 225? But that's just the business of cards. When did you, obviously, I know, I, I had no idea about the whole card thing till, till Gary told me about it. And then I'm going to be honest with you, when I was sitting with him and he started talking to me about cards, 
I was like, oh, my God, because I could care less about sports. Mm -hmm. Like, this dude just took about mm – -hmm. if he would have taken the – he probably talked about it for, for like, I think five minutes, like a good portion of stuff that he don't talk that much. I was like, oh, my God, man. When – have you always been into – I know you're into sports. Have you always been into sports cards? It, the thing is, man, like – it's nostalgia, you know, things that kind of take you back to childhood. So right. I think it has that appeal. Like, you know, a lot of people love Disney movies. It's not that Disney movies are the best movies ever. It kind of brings you back to a time uh, in your life where you remember it from a really joyful, pleasant experience. So cards, like you grow up collecting cards of your favorite players. I, I'm ashamed to say my favorite player growing up was Brett Favre. I love Brett Favre cards. It doesn't even make sense. I'm from Philly. He's from Green Bay. Uh, but I love Brett Favre cards. And I would go with, like, my grandma to, like, flea markets and bazaars. That's what we called them in Russian bazaar. Uh, and we'd get cards. So, yeah, it's from it's for, it's just like a childhood thing. Um, and it brings you back when you're collecting and starting to talk about them. So that's why I think he loves it as well. Dude, how long were you in Costa Rica, man? We were in Cancun for two months, man. Was it Cancun? Is that where you were? Yeah. Uh, it was really fortunate, man. It was really. Did, did you cut your hair at any point when you got back or you cut it a little bit? I think you should just let it grow, bro. It looks great. You like it? Yeah. There, there's this soccer player, this Argentinian guy, Hernan Crespo. Uh, I always, I was told I play like him. So kind of like. You got that vibe going on, huh? Yeah. I kind of like it, uh, but it's, it's not the most professional look. Nah, forget about it, buddy. You're, you're an entrepreneur now, bro. Now you're, <laughs> you're self-employed now, so you can do whatever you want, dude. I, I still work, man. I work for the man. But we, we're doing an amazing thing where I work at Simplero. Uh -huh. So it's very entrepreneurial. We're all remote. We have people in, like, Argentina. We have people all over the country. Um, and I get a ton of freedom and autonomy. But, man, it's cool. Like, we get to help coaches, infopreneurs, entrepreneurs who sell uh, – knowledge so to speak turn their business and create it online uh and then create programs that you know they could make passive income they could make uh money from their consultation and we business has been booming this year just with everything going on nice dude your podcast man how many episodes have you done so far it's 22 23 we did a, we did a double decker yesterday nice 23 how has that experience been i'm sure it's fun but how do you view the 23 episodes so far? It's probably the, one of the most rewarding things I've ever done because one, it's an outlet for you, right? Like there's no other format where you can share what you think, how you see the world in whatever space that is, whether that's helping people, uh, whether that's talking sports cards, whether it's financials, there's no outlet where you could go ahead and share what you learned, share what you know, um, you also see what you don't know, which is an amazing thing. Um, but the true blessing, and I can't believe, I was thinking about this this morning, I can't believe how fast it happened. You know, like the thousand true fans thing, like to build a community, that's been the biggest benefit because, you know, the people, the only way we've grown is through sharing, right? Through sharing and giveaways. Uh, shout out to Preston, man. Preston's the man. Yeah. I love people that support you, you know, when people like just who want nothing from you and just support you, that, that's a huge thing. Um, but it's been amazing building that community and helping other people learn what I've learned, uh, see the angles, connect with people on all different levels. I've, I've made a lot of friendships that I wouldn't have made if I didn't start the podcast. 
Did you, I don't know if you, you, did you hear the episode of me and little Lou? Have you heard that one yet? Can I tell you? So, so, you know, so, you know, I'm a chronic learner, right? Like I love podcasts. I love listening. I have tuned everything out. It's, it's been this stage where I'm just trying to focus on creating and not consuming. So I didn't listen, but I saw it. I was like, I want to hear this. He but gave I, you a shout out, bro. We gave you a shout out in the episode. No, and, and, and he said, you're, uh, you're still, you're part of a group chat that they still have. We are. We are. Yeah. One of the most important things, man, about this thing that we're doing right now with you is our, how we met and our relationship is super interesting. And what a lot of people don't realize is in when you're chasing your dreams, no matter what it is, majority of people tend to attack it in a very selfish way and in a very, if things don't go my way, then go to a negative way. And the fact that there's two things I'm very proud of, of, of what we're doing right now. Number one, the fact that I met Gary V through you is huge. The fact that you're no longer a Vayner, but that I still talk to you is huge because a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people, and I'm sure that probably happened to you while you're at Vayner and you were coming out on a couple of episodes of Daily V. Hey, Andrew, what's up? What's up? What's up? The minute you leave Vayner, ghost. Silence. You Silence. You never hear from them again. And one of the reasons why I thought this episode was so important is I wanted to highlight the most gangster moves you did to get to Vayner. I want to highlight your time at Vayner, then us meeting each other, then you no longer a Vayner, but still as wine, empathy wine sells, you shot him a text. You mm. almost, now it's been some time now, and we're going to get to that part. Yep. You might've been like, you know what? I maybe it sucked a little bit. I wasn't a Vayner anymore. Now I'm super happy. I'm not a Vayner anymore all these positive things that out of something that seemed so negative that you worked for, bro. Cause it wasn't like you landed a, an internship, you know, that you sat there, this is something you worked for, bro. So I love it. I'm an open book and I've never had a chance to share my story on it. And what's cool is it's hard to share your story when someone doesn't have context. You had the context, you know, Gary, you know, little Lou and big Lou, frankly. Which that dynamic is unbelievable. I imagine it's crazy. A funny dude. Uh, it's crazy. So you have the insider scoop. So I'm more than happy to share anything. Let, let's do it. Let's do it. You hit. I think, bro. I think you're blessed, man. I'll tell you this again. With such a great voice, and you have such good tonality, and it's so, and it's very authentic, man. So when I heard. Is it the old, No Overnight Success podcast? Is that your other one? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure that one's a little bit more maybe difficult for you to do than not difficult but different because I'm sure the, the sports card one is so easy because it's just blah, blah, blah about cards and that shows your day-to-day. Can but I get that one? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Go for it. No Overnight Success, you know, that's like a sports podcast, you know, in the sense – let me explain why what I mean by sports. We always see someone like – LeBron James, he's a finished athlete. You're like, this guy's amazing. But you don't see the years and years of work that goes on behind the scenes. 
So I wanted to capture that in story form with people that I met. But that's that's a podcast, and it's like, and it's really what it means to be a podcast. It shows every once in a while. The sports card, what we're doing, Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh my, that's a sports show. That's entertainment and education. That's like a daily. We think of it as a bar store ESPN show in a lot of ways. Right, 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 right. Uh, so it's very much off the cuff. It's more playful. Where no overnight success is much more storytelling. So, so I heard your episode. How you? I heard. You did two of them. One, how you got to Gary, which yes, we're going to get into that. Yes, sir. Then you actually got the audio of you in the car with Gary. But no, I don't think I don't I don't think you've done you leaving Vayner. Have you done that episode yet? I I did. I did. I, it's probably a little bit more choppy than getting to Vayner, right? Like leaving. <laughs> you don't do a post breakup one, but I, I, I tried. I did. I did one. You did one. I got to check that one. All right. So let's start it. Okay. So you're in Philadelphia. You hear about this Gary guy. How did that start for you? Take me through that. I'm a big fan of modeling. It's like mentorship modeling. The thing about me is I'm an immigrant. And my dad came to America. He bought out a business. And we were dealing with some of the struggles that Gary and his father were having. So I found Gary through that. I was like, you know, how did he balance out that relationship with his immigrant dad? How did he come into the business, become the guy? Uh, so I wanted to learn from Gary. And I started just watching all of his content. And that was probably 2016 or 15. When was the point that you said, okay, I think I'm going to meet this dude? Or did you always feel that? I always felt that we would understand each other because we had the same path. When was the infamous, how did the infamous 6 a.m. basketball group thing start? Did you plan that accordingly? Go, okay, since this is Vayner, watch this. I'm going to start practicing my my fadeaway and my layups and eventually one day G's going to come in. How, take me through that whole thing, bro. Definitely, man. Uh, definitely not that I was like, these guys are from Vayner. Maybe one day G's going to come in and I'm going to show them up in basketball and then get the job at Vayner Media. Uh, I started playing ball after I started playing soccer just to have a new hobby. But at the same time, when I moved to New York, I moved to New York in 2000, I guess it was 18. And I, I always struggle waking up early. They have the 6 a.m. ball. And I reached out to them on Instagram and I was wondering if I could play. I knew some of the guys worked with Gary, uh, but I never thought that he would be there. But at the same time, there, there was a day when I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to meet Gary here. And that was more of an intuition than uh, something that I planned. Right. So, there's a lot about like doing the right things and putting yourself in a position to succeed and having opportunities, like putting yourself where opportunities might meet you. Uh, at the same time, you have to do the work, right? You have to be ready for when that opportunity comes. Uh, so I never imagined it to play out the way it did, but, but what ended up happening, it was like kind of the middle of winter. I did have a dream. I did. I will tell you, I did have like a visual and I was like, one of these times Gary's going to come and I'm going to meet him. Uh, Long story short, one day, I'm, I'm 6 a.m., you know, like how you're kind of hazy still. You're like, what the, are, are we really going to play now? Uh, and I see Gary waltz in with his beanie. <laughs> He's ready to ball. Um, and I was like, yep. 
let's do this. And he ended up covering me that game too. We're we're probably similar players in that set. How was how at that time? How were your skills? How was your endurance? How was your cardio? My my skills. <laughs> um, I'm as good as I can be for the talent that I have. I would say that. I I think the people that I play with, they'll tell you that I, I compete hard every day. I'm always ready to play. Uh, I'm not. I wasn't as fit then as I am now, no doubt. But that's because I raised raised my standard for myself, and we could talk about that. Like, I think right. a big big thing that I did after I left Vayner was I raised the standard of myself. Uh, am I an employee? Am I one of these guys? Or was my dream always to be something bigger? So don't and I don't, don't play down to what this is. Like you, you've always dreamed to be more. Um, but I, I compete, man. I, I compete very hard. Um, almost, I could. I love competition. It, it's probably the thing that made me who I am today. Did you attack? Okay, were, was your style before that day? Before that day, are you a guy that attacks the hoop? Are you a guy that looks to pass? What's your role usually in whenever you play pickup basketball? Because I'm going to tell you mine. I'm going to tell you mine. I'll tell you mine. What's yours? What's yours? Tell me. Well, here's my thing. I don't do anything in life right now. I am a 24-7 machine for, for the cause. So an example. I'm going to do, especially in that setting, because like, okay, let's say if all of a sudden we're playing basketball and... I'll give you a perfect example. I'm talking to now, which I'm going to get on the show soon. I think it's Rich Kleiman. You know who that is? Not familiar. What does he do? He's uh, He became popular now in the boardroom. He's Kevin Durant's business partner. Nice. nice. I like that show. So if, let's say he comes, Gary comes, and anybody else, and I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity here. All I'm going to do, because I'm an extremist, Andrew, so I'm going to do either something one way or the other way. Mm -hmm. So in order to keep it right and do it good, which sucks for me and my fun, I'm just going to rebound and pass to everybody and be the guy everybody loves. I'm going to go down there. It's going to suck. I'm going to get elbowed. I'm going to rebound. I'm going to dish it to Andrew. I'm just going to do some weird fadeaway. He's whatever, but I'm going to keep doing that the whole time because I feel in my life I've already had so much fun that I'm here to provide good times for everybody else. So that's the kind of guy I would be. But how were you at the time? Coach, man, I love that. That's um, that's a next level of maturity, in my opinion. Because at, at the end of the day, what are we even competing for, right? We're not in the league. We're just uh, middle-aged men trying to show each other up and have a little bit of a bigger ego for that day. Uh, but nonetheless, that's not who I am. I want to win by any means necessary. So I'm not a shooter. I don't. I'm, I'm not any of the things that you described. I could shoot. I could hoop. I could go to the rim. I could pass. I could defend. Uh, but I want to win. So I'll do whatever it takes. And it depends on the other players on our team. So like if that's stopping the the their best player, done. Let's go. I'm I'm out for the challenge. If it, if it's handling point, I'll do that. If it's pulling up and we need a shooter, I'm ready to rock. Um, so it's definitely whatever we need in that moment. Andrew, what were you wearing that day? I love playing in long sleeves. So you're wearing long sleeve pants or shorts? Always long sleeves with a sh with uh, my Kyrie's, my yellow Kyrie's, and long sleeve Adidas shirt. 
Always long sleeves, most of the time. Most okay. And but what kind of were you wearing pants or shorts? Shorts, why? I uh here's another fact. There I had an uncle of mine that the guy was a beast, bro. A good boxer. But he never boxed because of the you know, I'm Cuban, so we do the boxing thing too. He had the skinny ankles. <laughs> so my dad got those ankles and I got those ankles, bro. I don't look aesthetically right with shorts, bro. I just look very top heavy <laughs> compared to the bottom dude. So I'd be the only guy in there. There's not that I'm embarrassed by him, but it's it doesn't go with confidence of a of a of a thing, you know. So I'm probably the only guy hooping in pants, but it's okay, like a, like in uh sweatpants and stuff. Is that because you guys just don't you, you skip leg day? Is that that's what it is? No, 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 no. This is like. Like flamenco calves that you can't even. Now my quads are good because, but there's nothing you can do. It's almost like you know who has these things too, and they say it helps him. Uh, John Jones, Bones Jones. He's six four, but he has these skinny calves that it's just it is it's it's a hereditary nightmare. Mm-hmm. He's and, free. And I wish he I wish he did more fights. I really like the way he fights. Well, his problem is his uh his mental health stuff, bro. Dude, that's real. That's a real topic that, especially with everything's going on, I want to see what's going to come out of it because mental health has got to be a priority. It's, it's, I think we all battle through it. I think I've battled through it. Uh, I think we need to give people the tools to kind of give them that punch out of it, right? When you hit rock bottom, you need you need something to get you out of it, and and it's often the tools and habits. And way, not even not even as the tools, man. It's just I think we got to. And now it's way more popular than than when we were growing up. We, we were growing up, anything that was off, you were either soft or crazy. Mm-hmm. Thanks. And the fact that we should ask somebody, almost like the buddy system, there should be for guys, especially guys and teenagers and girls, and but for guys, there should be a buddy system where you can phone a friend. Like you remember in a million-dollar question or whatever it is million dollar game that you had 50 50 phone you should be able to phone a friend have a lifeline because what happens to us guys and this has been studied and discussed we don't develop the full i think it's the front cortical or whatever it's called of our brain bro till we're like 23 24 so what happens is for the majority of us we end up looking like men very young so people have zero empathy on us when we do stupid shit thanks and there's no, there's no empathy. There's no, uh, there's no, you know what, man? I feel bad for this dude. Let me help him out. It's, oh, that guy is. And part of me thinking of that, and it comes to my brain now, is when I talk about what's happening currently with, with the George Floyd situation and with kids that are, and they're all, majority of them, either black or Latin dudes that are getting mistreated. I come to two perspectives on that. One is, one is my, and I says to everybody, my dad did a lot of fucked up shit, man, to me, but he did a lot of good things too. And my dad would always tell me in Spanish, he would listen, man, every time you deal anything with the cops, anytime you do anything with police, it's yes, sir. No, sir respect authority, listen to them. You never challenge them, hands in the steering wheel, stuff like that. 
And at the time, I didn't look like a criminal. I was just a regular kid with long, with normal hair, no tattoos, nothing. But now as we look at a, an objective world and a real world, we're not talking about what to do. At least I don't know. I don't see it. What to do if you look like a criminal. And at least I chose to get tatted. I didn't chose to lose my hair, but I have a look of a criminal. If you look at what criminals look like in jail, they're bald with facial hair and tattoos. So I'm well aware. And in fact, I live my life disarming people of my look with extreme positivity. So you're like, wait a minute, this dude's an oxymoron. He's not a threat. He's such a nice guy, but he looks this way. But the problem is now when it comes to, let's say, black kids, black teenagers, or black men, and in Floyd's case, there's an older man, but that wasn't, none of it, none of the crimes is anybody, is, is ever a victim's fault of that nature with the brutality that's happening. But I always look at, okay, I blame, and anything that goes bad to me, okay, what did I do wrong? That's a maturity sign, right? So, and let me, and I want to get your thought on this. Uh, can, can I, the word I heard there was ownership. Yes. yes. You didn't pick the situation sometimes, but you got to own it. You got to own it. You got to own hundred percent. So when I'm lucky enough, I've never drank before. I've That's never, been, I've never, I don't know if it's still up, but it, it helps me because when I've, when I've been stopped for speeding, I don't think I've ever been stopped for what I look like, but when I get stopped for speeding and when I get stopped for whatever, taking whatever I've done, I've never been scared of, okay, man, I, I had a couple of drinks, man, uh, I have something in the car. So that helps. And the reason I want to get into this, I don't think we're preparing kids, teenagers for that process in whatever, whether it's dads talking to kids, whether it's mom talking to kids, and whether it's younger brothers talking to older brothers talking to younger brothers, because now what happens? It's cool to look like little Wayne. An example, that's a cool look. But if you get stopped and you look like Lil Wayne and you're not Lil Wayne and sometimes too Lil Wayne and you got a little bit of an attitude going on because you're a dude that's your you know, whatever mood and then all of a sudden now your boy or somebody else is going to record it and you're going to egg on the police and you're going to try the police. Now you're putting yourself in a situation that it's not going to come out good. And I feel, and I've had this conversation with a couple people in the, in the podcast, I'm lucky because I'm in a neutral spot because I'm Cuban. If I was a white dude, it'd be like, oh, whatever, but because I'm Cuban and a lot of black dudes are Cuban, it kind of like gives me a, I, I get a pass when it's talking about racial stuff. Even though I've never felt like I've never dealt with racial, ra racism in my life because I grew up in Miami where everybody's Cuban. So it's like a flip thing. But I have so much empathy for both sides, except the dickhead cops that are doing what they're doing. But then the dickhead looters or people that push the police and are criminals, I don't care what you look like. I have no empathy for that. And I have no empathy for the cops. But I think that do that. If we start preparing all citizens, but especially citizens that look like criminals,
Like, hey, man, that's cool. You want to rock tats? Awesome. Let me teach you the responsibility of that. You want to rock dreads and a long beard? Phenomenal. Let me teach you the responsibilities of that. And if we start teaching people to, okay, this can happen to you. This is what you do. It could help avoid, I think, at least, man, 50% of these outcomes. Do you agree or disagree? What I heard, Coach, is – I do agree. What I heard, Coach, is helping people take responsibility for their actions and behaviors, right? Like, I, I think a big thing is that would help people is just cause effect, right? Like, you could – like I heard you say, you could get tattoos, but understand what comes with that. Sure. So I'm a big fan of not running from reality. So in an ideal world, sure, I don't think that that should be the case. It shouldn't matter how you look, what your skin color is, if you have tattoos or not. We should all be judged for the character of our of who we are. No question. But we don't always live in an ideal world. And I think a big thing is running from reality and not being prepared for reality. And that's what I heard there, like taking responsibility, taking ownership and understanding this is how things are. We're working to improve them. And I think it's really hard to say that we haven't come a long way, right? I think we have. Um, there's a lot of things that we could do better as a national society, but I, I do believe responsibility and ownership of what you do is, is super important. It's helped my, me. It's changed my life. Yeah, I think I think that even though you can't control, man, the beatings and all that stuff is horrible. But at least let's start preparing kids and stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do more on that to talk more about that and share more thoughts about that and because i'm in a weird way i'm a i'm a good example to use because of the way i look so and you have the community right yeah if you think about who you help who your passionate community is um you know i think we remember back like and you could tell me if i'm wrong like 14 15 16 is when you start going one of two ways right and oftentimes these people don't have an older role model they don't have a father figure um, so I would love for you to go down that route and serve as a leader and a mentor for them. Yeah, I'm going to do something like that. All right, let's take it back to a thing. So you're wearing your yellow Kyrie's. Are you wearing a hat or no hat? No hat. I don't, I, I never wear hats. This okay. is, this is, I guess, are we still in quarantine? This is quarantine. Look, that's a good, that's a good look. That's the look. So <laughs> we're, so you're there. They start picking teams. Go through me that. So you see Gary, what is he wearing? Gary V's. Is he wearing... He's wearing his K-Swisses. Nah, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'm just There's messing. no way he's... <laughs> um, I'll tell you. I mean, if, if, if we kind of break that open, right? When I want something, when I when I have a vision, I, I do go after it. Um, but when it's ball, I'm not going to come and solicit you. I'm not going to talk to you about work. I'm not going to ask you for a job. I'm not going to ask you. We're going to compete. Right. All, only interaction was... And I don't remember that basketball day that well. Uh, I'll tell you about when he invited us over to his um, father's and mom's house to play basketball. That was fun. That was already when I was working for him. But dude, the only thing I said to him when one of the games was over, I said, Gary, been following you for a long time. Huge fan. That's it. And then I said, it's not easy for me to say that knowing that you're on the other team. That's all I said to him. And what did he say to that? Like respect or one of those things? I mean, yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. It's 6 a.m., man. We're like we're we're half asleep. It's you should see the first game of 6 a.m. ball. The first three minutes, it's chaos. People listen, listen, buddy. As a baseball player, that they would do these bullshit early wake up calls for us. How about playing baseball, throwing a baseball in the cold at 6 a.m., bro? How about that one? 
<laughs> a disaster. All those thoughts, like, why am I out here? What am I doing with my life? Am yeah. I? <laughs> but, yeah. but, but, and you're going to like this too. Before I went to New York, the night that I was going to go to, to Barstool before, I, I was looking at interviews. And when I travel, I become very Cuban, very Latin. And when I'm in special situations where I feel like, man, me being Latin, it's going to bring something to the table. Because uh, you don't feel that a lot here in Miami because everybody's Latin. But right. when you leave Miami, you like get that extra thing. And I was, I was watching interviewers talk, and I got into this guy, good interviewer, man. He's Puerto Rican. He talks to, he's a comedian, but he talks to reggaeton guys mm. and trap Spanish trap guys. And he's doing an interview with Jay Balvin. And he's talking to Jay Balvin, and Jay Balvin is talking about meditation, and he's talking about that he changed his life because he started waking up at 5 a.m. every day. And when he was talking about that, he the guy goes, 5 a.m., why 5 a.m.? He goes, because I started to notice that as I became more successful and I had these Coach. Hold on, you right there? I'm back. Don't worry about it, dude. I think that's that's I gotta fix my internet here. Hold on one second. Let me let me force quit some of these things so it doesn't. So what I noticed was by the way, I love your logo. I love the HP on the hat and like the kind of outline and silhouette of you. One of the best logos I've seen. Thank you, bro. That's that's way before anybody knew anything, dude. That that's I came a up with that. Logo, right? It's it's simple. I changed the colors. I kind of put Miami Heat, Miami Vice colors. You know, when the Heat do the Vice thing, so I kind of put I put that little vibe to it, so it's a little more funner. Before I would rock the black and white and stuff, but I appreciate that. Just like yours, I love what you guys did with the with the. We're gonna get to your podcast logo and stuff like that because I thought that was a smart title and how you how you <laughs> did that. And so Jay Balvin's talking and he goes, "Listen, waking up five a.m. I started to notice that everybody that I admired, everybody that I was successful around, Jay Z, Scooter Braun, who's his manager, mm -hmm. Deepak Chopra, whatever. He started naming his names. They all woke up at five a.m." And the reason he said why 5 a.m., Mark Wahlberg, he goes, the reason why 5 a.m. is such a good time, he said, and I think it's called, not a smart guy here, but it's called the cortisol levels. When you wake up, then all of your stress levels or what are so elevated mm -hmm. that for people that tend to not be morning, people are morning person, you wake up that early, you get a workout in or you do stuff, by the time seven o'clock or when regular people roll up wake up you've got all that negative stuff out of the way it's it's a hundred percent i think can we stay on this topic yeah for sure um so, so i think it's one of the most important things you could do the question then becomes how do you implement that habit i, I think we're in a stage here in human history 
it's no longer that we don't know what needs to be done, right? I think we have all of like the tools that we need. We know how to eat right. We know when to wake up. Uh, it's how do you hack that, right? Something you said there was, he, if you're not a morning person, I frankly don't think anyone is a morning person. It's just a habit that you develop over time. And the question is, how do you hack it, right? Are you accountable to yourself? Are you accountable to a group? So right now, right before this, um, I've hired a trainer who comes every morning at 5.15. And we do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we we do uh, strength training. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, we just added this. We do boxing. Now, I, it sucks. It literally sucks to wake up. But some of the benefits, like you said, the stress levels go down. You feel productive. You already feel like you won the day at 5 a.m. That's huge. Yeah. Because I'm a big believer in momentum. I believe in life momentum. I think one of the human kind of one of my, the things I'm so passionate about is compound interest. We talk about it financially, right? Warren Buffett says one of the eighth wonders of the world is compound interest. He talks about that. Well, that same thing applies to habits. And the habit of 5 a.m. is the habit that will compound your life more than anything. So oh, yeah. I fully believe it. There's a lot of good books on it. Um, the question then becomes, how do you hack your way into doing it, right? Who are you accountable to? Is it yourself? Is it your alarm clock? Is it your wife? Do you get a trainer? Do you have to go somewhere? Uh, so I, I love it. Uh, I stand by it. And it's not easy. It's not easy. It's It doesn't like it doesn't get easier. I'll, I'll tell you that much. But the benefits get more and more rewarding. What time do you go to bed usually? 9 a.m. 9 p.m. Out like a light. Yeah, bro. That's. I went to bed <laughs> last night at 4 in the morning, bro. <laughs> well, then and you can really wake up at 5 a.m. then. Oh, we did it today. We did it today. Uh, I should. I just. What happens to me, man, I'm interesting. I'm an interesting situation because I run on such a natural high. And. I, f I felt this when I was in, when I, we sat in the office that I feel everything in life is preparing me for what I'm going to do officially. And I took part of my excitement is doing this interview with you this early because I take this like if I'm doing Good Morning America, bro. Like I... I approach it this way. I don't do it like, oh, you know, let me get a guy on my show. So I maybe he's so, and I don't do it that way at all. And then I also know that I approach this like stand-up comedy. And one thing that I learned from stand-up comedians is that you have to do your act every single day. Whether you want to or not, whether you're Kevin Hart or you're whoever, you got to go on stage And you got to go on stage in front of five people, eight people, 10 people, and just fucking bomb. Well, you have heart by doing your act every day, especially the days that you don't want to. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's why to me, this, this, the act of doing this at whatever time is so important, man. But I wanted to share that 5 a.m. thing. So 6 a.m. So you're there after the game, in between the game. When did you give them the, hey, I'm a big fan? At the end. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. How long from there do you get the brilliant idea to reach out to him? Well, I think it was on a Friday. Well, let me tell you how it, how it went down. So 
that happened. Um, I've already, I was already feeling, it. I was like, this is going to be a good fit. This is the next thing uh, I need to learn from Gary. I need to learn marketing. Frankly, I'm a salesperson at heart and a salesperson without the understanding of branding and marketing, you're always going to be chasing leads. Right. Uh, so if you're a salesperson out there and you're listening and you're good at sales, but you're like, why can't I get traction? It's because you don't have a brand. You don't understand marketing. Um, customer acquisition costs, frankly, is through the roof because you're spending all your time telling your story. If you create a brand that tells your story, then you're just closing business, not lead gen. So just something to think about if you're in sales. But uh, I was just fine looking for the right moment. And during this time, I was flipping. Like I was, I had a computer, I sold the computer and I bought sports cards. So this is literally last March, um, I was buying and selling sports cards. And then I was, I made some good money that week. And I was watching Gary's Facebook Live and they just launched Empathy Wines. So I got these butterflies. I love getting butterflies, by the way. Butterflies are a good thing. It means something special is about to happen. Uh, just get Tim Grover said this, and I love this. He says, Michael Jordan used to get butterflies, but get them all going in the same direction. So I was like, should I buy $1,000 worth of wine so that Gary calls me? Right, because that was his live show. He said, if you buy a Club Empathy subscription, I'll give you a call. This is like 9 p.m. I go to bed at 9 p.m. Fuck, I have to stay up till midnight to get a call from this dude. And this is like, I'm living in New York. My rent is 2K. Uh, Your rent was $2,000? No way. Yeah. Because yeah. I like to keep expenses low, but I like to like where I live. So I and won't huh? Were you paying that by yourself or did you have a roommate? I had a roommate, but I was paying, dude, it's 4,000 for two rooms in Battery Park. Yeah, that's Battery, Battery Park's nice, man. So real quick, in 2013, I did an internship at on Wall Street, and I lived in Battery Park. And I was like, if I ever come back to New York, I'm going to live in Battery Park because I like it. You know, I, I like my space. I like the little peace and quiet. It was kind of an unfound gem back then because it was actually one of the cheapest places to live. But then now it's a little bit more expensive. But long story short, I was like, let's do it. I believe in it. So I bought the Club Empathy. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's go through the process of you buying it. Okay. So you're like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me there. How did you buy it? Did you do it on your computer? Did you do it on your phone? Talk to me. Well, I didn't have a computer. I sold my computer to get money to start buying and selling sports cards. Okay. I did it on my phone. Okay. And then what happened? And then I let them know they're like, and then they're like, Gary's gonna call you soon. Okay. When you bought it, how did you let them know? Did you show them a receipt? Could you have could you have gotten could you have bought it and then not hit the purchase button and say, Hey, I just got it and tricked them and whatever? Talk to me about that. No, because we get we empathy wines, you get text messages of everyone who buys. So you're on the live show. So they'll see like Andrew Goldberg bought. And then on live, I'm like, hey, I just bought. And okay. Nate, Nate is like, Hey, cool, we'll call you in a bit. Who 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 texted you do you remember it wasn't text it was live facebook live so who's the one on facebook live from the office that said hey gary's gonna call you do you remember i don't remember okay so let's let's do it so they said gary's gonna call you yep what do you feel i feel tired it's nine it's already like 10 p.m and you're laying down still no because i'm gonna fall asleep so you're standing you're walking around or walking around the room you're walking around the room okay is your roommate there or no no? Okay. So you're there by yourself. Oh, yeah. We're on. Sorry. We're on podcast. No, I don't remember. You don't remember? 
I'm just so, by myself walking around playing with my cards, just buying time. I I would say faith is something that I do. Right. A lot of people say, you know, like I know I've worked hard for this situation. I believe in myself. I know that things that are meant for me won't miss me. And the things that miss me weren't for me. Um, control what you could control. Tell them your story. You should be proud of your story. Just the same stuff I would do if I was going into a game, you know? Got it. So when you get that that two on two number, did the number show up or did it come out two private? Two. two on two. Two on two. You get the two on two number, boom, you pick up. Talk to me. Go through me. Gary V. That's what you said. That's what you said. Gary V. Say, what's up, man? So what are you gonna do with the wine? I said, I'm not a big drinker, but I'm gonna gift it. I'm gonna use it as a way to meet people. I saw I was actually watching that live here in Miami. Yeah. I was watching that live. I remember that vividly, man, of him at the office, dark on a Friday. It was a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And just going ham and just. That's not a good look for me, huh? Going to bed at 9 p.m. on a Friday night. <laughs> it depends what the goal is, buddy. If the goal is to have a strong stable of chicks, then that's not a good move. But if the goal is to be happy and successful in whatever you're doing, then it's a perfect move. And I remember seeing that. And then I remember hearing your episode of that or the videos you got the video of that i had the video i don't think i had it saved on my work computer at vayner <laughs> but um i have the audio i think they probably have the video on the servers but i don't know you didn't put this on your podcast because i saw a video of it i may have a, a few people a few employees have helped me while i was there i was trying to like do a little video editing I might have the video. I might have the video. Because I, I think you have it because I remember listening to it. Because I remember you telling him, correct me if I'm wrong, you were like, Gary, blah, 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 blah. And you go, listen, man, I guarded you at 6 a.m. hoops. Yes. I'm not sure if you remember me. By the way, a great sales line. I love listening back to it. I, I was like, this is where preparation and work ethic comes in. Because I couldn't have done all these sales I wouldn't call them tactics or strategies, but like, I'm not sure if you remember, it's a great way to open in sales. Like, but we, we guarded each other. We played against each other in 6am hoops. Yeah. And then he went, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Which one are you? And then you told him, you're like, um, go for it. What did you tell him? I'm sorry. The one that we guarded each other. But what did you tell him on the, on the thing? He said, I like the way you play. And I said, yeah, that's the ultimate compliment. Um, I'm a competitor at heart. That's and then once he said that, what was your mindset like? Did you go, you know what? Now I'm going to try to talk to this guy for a job. Even before Andrew, before the call, you're like, I'm going to buy a thousand dollar wine to get to Gary. Obviously, because you're not a drinker. So you said, listen, I'm going to buy this. So after he said that, then what was your plan? Sure. So I didn't want a job. And that we're going to talk about that at Vayner. I, the way I even worded it is, I said, Gary, you know, what I've always wanted was to find a way to get into your ecosystem. That's how I worded it. And I remember I used the word ecosystem because I don't really like working for someone else. It's just not who I am. Like when I worked for my dad, that was difficult. Uh, I need a little bit more freedom, but I've always wanted to be business partners with Gary. I think we complement each other well uh, and we see things well. So I said, you know, it's always been my goal to be in your ecosystem. And I was wondering how I could do that. Andrew, how old are you? I'm 30. 
Dude, I'm 41. I've never used the word ecosystem in my life. So that goes to show you how dumb I am, number one. But number two, how smart you, bro, you got vocabulary, man. You got, you got skills. Where did this vocabulary, that's why I'm telling you, you have such blessed with such talents, man, that, that maybe you're using, maybe you're not. But how did you get such good vocabulary? I love audiobooks. Literally, in my 20s, I gave up a lot of social life. Later in like 24, 25, I was like, I got to live a different life and I need to learn. I, I don't know anything. You know, it's funny. When you're 18, you're like, I know everything. When you're 21, you're like, I'm going to dominate the world. 24, you're like, I don't know shit. And then you go back to the drawing board. So I went back to the drawing board and I was like, I got to learn a ton of stuff. I need to learn mentality. I need to learn sales training. I need to learn a ton of things. So I just went back to the drawing board and listened to a ton of stuff, read a ton of audio, listened to a ton of audio books. Okay. So I want to be in your ecosystem. What did Gary say? He said, you know, I think you could tell a lot. I don't remember the exact words, but he brought up Nate. So Nate is his business partner in Empathy Wines, and he loved the way Nate plays uh, volleyball. And in that volleyball, in that Vayner volleyball tournament, buddy, for interns at the time. Dude, and Nate is an unbelievable golfer. You wouldn't believe it. He's a freaking scratch golfer. So he, he's a competitor as well. So, like, you know, I think you could learn a lot about someone about how they can, how they compete. And frankly, that I probably didn't say another word for five minutes. But what, what happened was he was excited. I was able to get him excited in my growth in wanting to do something together. And then him and Nate just told the story of uh, how Nate did really well at volleyball. And now he's his business partner. So he's like, you know what? Come on by. We'll, let's set something up. I have a good feeling about this. Ooh. Did you get butterflies when he said that? Or did uh, what did you feel? I, dude, I'm, I'm a really funny guy. So. I don't know if this is that funny. I just fist pump. When I get when something goes on, I'm like, yes, let's fucking go. (laughs) (laughs) And when I get a good deal on a card, I'm like, let's go. A fist pump. Oh, I like it, dude. I like it. So from then till you met him, how long? Felt like ages. (laughs) Right? Because it's like you get that first date with that beautiful girl that you've been chasing, and then it's like days go by, days go by. Like she hasn't texted me, like, you know? Right. <laughs> but it was cool. I got a chance actually. It was probably if that was late March, I met him in late late April. I got a chance. My dad went on vacation and I got a chance to go back and run the cafe for a week. Uh-huh. So my dad's a restaurant owner. It was so humbling. And the employees remembered me and I was sharing that experience with them. And there's this guy, Biz, he's been with us for like 10 years. He's like, Man, this is for you. I believe in you. You've always been great to us here. Uh so the timing was really good because the time I met him, by the time in late April I met him, I was able to get back to my roots and really build a lot of confidence as well. Nice, dude. So it was a month before yeah, you met him. For sure. If I, I remember Ty Schmitty, by the way. He if Gary, you know, I always say if Gary opened the door, Tyler was the one that pitched all the balls. Tyler through and through made sure that I think at least. Hold on, hold on. Say it again. Do it from the beginning. What's the guy's name? Because you because we froze there. What's the guy's name? Hi, Schmitty. Lou's okay. uh, podcast partner. Okay. Ty's the first guy I met from the team. Uh, and Ty schedules with Gary. Ty was the one that I was interacting with to schedule time with Gary. And Gary's busy as anything. 
and Ty made it happen relatively quickly, if you think about it. Like, oh, so you're giving him a shout out. All right, no, because you froze when you were saying shout out to somebody, and we're here. So, shout out to Ty. Did you meet him at Hudson Yards, or where did you meet him? Yes, sir. So, they asked me to come to Hudson Yards. Uh, I love these texts from Ty. He's like, "Hey, we're gonna switch it up on you." Uh, so I was supposed to meet him upstairs. You're going to do an Uber meeting with Gary. So we're meet at Hudson Yards, and then we're going to go to a meeting uptown. Um, okay. okay. So, but what happened before then, remember I was mentioning I was buying and selling sports cards. All my way back to New York City one weekend, I find a guy on Facebook Marketplace that's selling Jets memorabilia, and I get a Joe Namath auto, uh, rookie card, a Jets signed football by a few players, and a Le'Veon Bell uh, rookie card and a few other cards. So I have those with me to bring a You know, in, in Russian Ukrainian culture, you never come empty handed. And I think other cultures have that too. Right. So I never wanted to come empty handed. So I arrive at Hudson Yards. I'm waiting for Gary to come down, sitting downstairs, twiddling my thumbs, just waiting. Uh, and he finally comes down and he's FaceTiming with his kids. Like a hurricane. The hurricane comes, bro. The dude's like a hurricane. How beautiful is Hudson Yards, man? Really well made, right? It's it's heaven, bro. For anybody that's for us that I've 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 lived in Miami, I lived in Madrid, I lived in, lived in Los Madrid. Angeles, I lived in Las Vegas. All right, here we go. So I've lived in Miami. I've lived in, I was born in Cuba, but I remember Cuba at all. I lived in Spain and Madrid. I lived in Los Angeles. How was I it? I don't remember it, dude, but I, I've been back as an adult, but I was there for three months, four months. It was kind of like a lay something because you couldn't leave directly to, from Miami, from Cuba to Miami, even though it was so close. That's wild. So you go to Cuba, Madrid, Madrid. To Madrid. There was like a couple ways to do it. You could go Cuba, Honduras, Cuba, Mexico, Cuba, Spain. And we had to go to Spain and then to make the, the trip to the States. I've lived in Vegas. But New York has that thing, man. And that Hudson Yard, because it's so modern mm -hmm. and so new, it's just special, man. You're I sitting think, there. Go I for think it. Polo was built in like five, six years, right? Like if you think about that project. They literally, it, it's amazing what you could do. And six years seems like a long time. If anyone's dealt with development, it takes years to build stuff. And they were able to, to put up a whole freaking new area. Especially it. there, bro. Even the subway, that subway so modern out of there. It's sick. Mm -hmm. That Equinox Hotel and all that stuff is just beautiful, man. So you're sitting there, 20 thumb. Here comes the hurricane leaving outside with. In, with the with, with their uh, going at his pace, you sit in the car. Did you, was your heart going? Were, did you get mouth dry at all? Did you get a little nervous? It's one of those things you're nervous before you're in it, right? Once you're there, you're like, you're there. So, and you just start talking. You're like, Gary, like, I appreciate you taking the time. You know, I never want to come empty handed. 
I brought a few things that you would love. I have this video or had, I, I, I'll have to need to do a better job organizing all my, all my, all my videos. But I said, you know, I brought all these gifts brought, I didn't want to come empty handed. Here's a few things that I thought, you know, you might like. So we open with that. And once you open with something like that, it's a lot easier, right? It's all, it's all downhill from there. It's easy. When he said, okay, because I think everything you said there in that car ride, I think was perfect, man. I think it was like perfectly, perfectly paced. It wasn't like a time where you were interrupting him talking. He wasn't interrupting you talking. I think the flow of that was going so good. How did the job part, because he goes, oh, you, I remember him saying, oh, you have experience in commerce or something like that in sales. Oh. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's what I do. And one of those things. When he said, come work for, or when you said, I want to go work for you. I want to be part of your thing. Mm -hmm. How did you, how did you phrase it? Do you remember? I don't remember, but something that I think is important. He doesn't, Gary doesn't have a sales organization, right? He doesn't, because Gary is so good individually at finding clients, he has never had or hired a salesperson. So we were almost creating a job from scratch and he had empathy wines, which was his first real project that kind of would require a salesperson. Um, so how it ended up was he said, you know, I need a little bit of time to figure out how to place you, but I had a good feeling about this before we met. Uh, we're going to make it happen. So boom. So that happens, dude. Where do you get dropped off at? I call my mom, just the middle of New York city. You call your mom. And then what do you do? Cause Do you have a car then, or are you just taking public transportation in New York? I'm walking. I need to walk it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're pumped. You're walking it off. When you're there, that he calls you to come work for Empathy, how long was that? Well, the thing is, so I started May 13th, I think it was. And the first month and a half, I was doing stuff on Team Gary. And, and I felt very out of place. Here's a salesperson, a, a big personality, a quick start does kind of needs a little bit of a more flexible schedule doing marketing on team Gary, right? Like managing Twitter, not really what I do, um, creating like hot sheets. So the first month and a half, I wasn't even selling for empathy wines. It was getting to understand the culture and the brand within team Gary. Andrew, you're going to have to say it again, bro. Sorry, bro. The thing froze, man. So before you get to that story, because I want to get to that. Talk to me about your first time walking into VaynerMedia, bro, as an employee. How fucking cool is that place, man? Just aesthetically, the look, what's the drawings, the artwork, the views. Talk to me about that, man. This Sometimes I wish I did not thinking about any of it. I'm thinking, how do I dominate? How do I make an impact, right? Like, Because that's just who I am at, th at this point. Like, you know, I probably didn't have that self-awareness then. Looking back, it's easier to connect the dots. But I wouldn't say I noticed any of that. It was just like, how can I make an impact? How can I deliver? Because I getting paid by Gary to me is a blessing. I think people should work for him for free because of all of the lessons you learn. Now I'm making 5x what I was making because of what I've learned there. Um So I didn't, yeah, you notice it like the, you're going to die sign from Gary, but I've heard it all before. I, I was watching Gary's content for a long time. 
now I wanted to implement his content. You know, I wanted to deliver results and I was coming in with that mindset. Uh, first day was awkward though. First days are always awkward. So you're, you're so they put you in team Gary V and in the beginning, man, you were like, Oh, this is going to be a bad fit for me. This is not going to be good. Or were you like, all right, I'm going to crush it and let's go. I, I don't think like that. So I don't want to think like, Oh, this is going to be a bad fit, but it, it didn't feel a hundred percent like a fit either. You know, it felt like, um, like when you're a salesperson among salespeople, like when you walk into Barstool, Jelly. Okay. I get these people. They're right. a little everyone's different, but I, I know what they're doing because it's the same. We're all podcasters. I get they're we're in character, right? We're putting on a show. I get that. Here was a salesperson coming into a marketing agency. It was so and that's a little weird because what happens in that one is because yes, Gary is a is a brand and is a person but he's running a legit business. Yeah. So it changes everything because it's like, it's, and you use the barstool thing, the barstool thing, there's people there that are an example that are bloggers, that they're old school, they're writing bloggers, but those necessarily, some of those people aren't on a podcast or on a radio show. So mm -hmm. it's a weird dynamic that exists there, but if Vayner, you could be a person that's in marketing, but then you could pop off as a personality But that takes time and that takes a whole little rhythm and stuff like that. So you felt that the speed of what was happening there was too slow for you? Is that was that it? Creatives are just they just think different, but but they brought out the creative side in me, right? There's so much benefit um, from that. But if you think about it, these are creatives, you know, they're making videos, making graphics, making memes. I didn't know anything about memes. Uh, did it freeze up a little bit? We it freeze up, yeah. Go again. Sorry, bro. These are, it's a group of creatives, right? Making videos, making memes, making graphics, uh, storytelling through visual. I'm a, more of an audio storyteller, right? That's my natural what I do. So I'm, I'm a storyteller and a host, really, the two things. And I was able to do a little hosting there, which was cool. Probably my favorite thing was when we had the Gary B. K. Swiss uh, event at their production house in Long Island. And we got the host uh, and greet the influencers. That was the most I felt in my element, right? I got to meet people. I got I got to show them, uh, show them around. I, I think really the who I am is you know when you enter in a restaurant in Italy and there's a guy that's standing right at the front that's your host that's your greeter and they usually own the restaurant. That's who I am. That's the role I like to play. I like to make people feel at home. And navigate them in the right direction after learning a little bit more about who they are and what they're about, so that they have a good experience when dealing with our brand. Yeah, bro, that's what. Uh, when I was in Vegas, that's what I. That's what I did. You would, uh, if Andrew would come to hide in the Bellagio with his friends, I'd wait for you outside. Now, here's the interesting part. I never got stuck, and you'll find this interesting. Have you ever worked in a nightclub before? Hardest thing, in the, hardest thing in the world is the nightclub business Yep. because it has elements. It, it was almost like you at Vayner, but not doing the right, not, not be put in the right position because there was guys that, especially when you're starting in the nightclub, that you're a promoter or you're an entry-level host, you got to do a lot of operational blue work stuff. 
like you have to walk tables back. So an example, and they're not your client. So Andrew shows up at the ropes. Andrew's Gary's client, but because Gary's working the ropes in the front, you, Gary grabs me and goes, okay, Hector, look, go get Andrew. This is my boy Andrew from Philadelphia with his boys. Mm -hmm. You get checked in by the host manager. He's on the computer that he's sitting the thing with the where table you're going at with your table minimum. And as I'm walking with the slip, I'm engaging with you. Right. And I'm talking to you. Hey, what's up, Andrew? So cool. Yeah, man. So this table, you're going to love it. Tonight's a great night. Making you feel comfortable. I walk you to your table. I introduce you to this, your security guard, your server, your busser. And then they take over with the menu, stuff like that. But I don't make money off you because you're not my, you're not my booking per se. So I leave back. Also, nightclub people would have to, at nighttime, they would have to help close the room and break down the room because you want to conserve the energy. Mm -hmm. So you'd have to report, okay, I'm here in section here. I, we move tables because you want to keep your nucleus of your party going so the spender, whoever the spenders are, keep spending. So you kind of close the room so that the party still looks like it's a party even though it's not a party. Interesting. Nobody wants to do that. What I got lucky doing because my performance was so good I was able to always, I was a promoter that never was allowed inside the club, but because I was so good and I had certain skills, then I became the girl guy. So mm -hmm. I would bring girls to your table. So you were a host. I started with this table. Look at this concept, Andrew. You're going to love this, buddy. So I had a, we had four dance, room, dance floor tables. I'd have a table on the dance floor mm -hmm. and they would put bottles there for me. And as hosts would bring girls into the club, I used to sit there on that table and have girls drinking and prepare them for, listen, guys, this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to this table, this table. The guys might be cool. They might not be cool. Just try to have a drink and do your best. And if it works out awesome and if don't, peace out and that's it. So I would literally be a, a girl herder of that table and then grab five of them, grab four of them, place them into places and do that. And then I moved to the position of being a host. And then I had the best position in the world where I would just deal with my people. I love that. So that's the ultimate win because I come with Andrew. I sit Andrew down and I'm with Andrew 24-7. And that's the party. And then I'd have seven Andrews there at the place, so, which is the dream. But to go back to Vayner, as you're not put in that sales role, when did you start to notice Man, this is this is a little off. I'll give credit to Gary. He noticed it in about a month and a half in. Well, let me tell you a quick story. Um, my first week in, we have a charity football tournament. This was super fun. We play, uh, and I'm managing Team Gary, Twitter. Um, and I get home. I had a great day like with the boys. We bonded. Uh, and I'm managing Team Gary, Twitter, but I don't know how to manage uh, someone else's Twitter. Uh, and Gary starts or someone claps at Gary, right? They're like, uh, Gary has all these people working for free for him. He's such a showman. Like you got to pay your people. Uh, so then Gary says something, guy comes back uh, and I clap back from team Gary. I was like, the reason people work for free for Gary is because of all the value that they get people. He doesn't force people to work for him for free. He, people want to work for free because he invests in them and they leave better. 
Um, and he didn't get mad, but he asked for that tweet to be deleted. Uh, but that's me. Like, that's who I am. But that's not really what a good Twitter manager should do. Right. Uh, but about a month and a half later, he brought in team, uh, Empathy Wines. And he said, all right, we're going to start selling. Let's get Andrew a list of leads from where we have them. And let, let's have him start calling. But something you said that I love, and this is how I sell. And, and my favorite book by Gary's Thank You Economy. So when you become a host, people start coming back for you not for the club. They come back for Hector. They know that Hector knows them. He knows what they're about and he's going to create the experience for them. So when I finally got the chance to get on the phone with Empathy, I was never happier. Um, I got to meet a ton of awesome people. The sale was easy. It's wine. It's good wine. And then you get to ask, you know, how did you find Gary? Where are you at in your business career? You know, can I be of service to you? Uh, I did a what, what I think was awesome people who bought over a certain quantity of wine, I wanted to also give them that Hudson Yards experience. So I said, you know, if you buy a certain amount of wine and you ever, ever want to come to New York for a trip, you know, like you have a wife and you're planning a, a trip in New York, come stop by Hudson Yards. I'll show you around a little bit downstairs and I'll come down with a bottle of uh, red wine. I know that's your wife's favorite so that you could take her to a BYOB. Andrew, did you, that's a great idea. Did you get permission to do that or you just sit that on your own? <laughs> I ask for forgiveness, not permission, coach. Yes, but when when it's a uh, Goldberg wines, but with his empathy wines, you gotta ask. You gotta run it through the board. You didn't run it through the TV. You just said I'm gonna start doing a VIP experience. Yeah, for sure. And did they did that get frowned upon or no? I don't think that that got frowned upon. Okay, but you don't know. This is one thing that. I'm a say it to your face kind of guy. Like, say it to me, like hash it out. You know, maybe I'm not seeing it. I have blind spots. The two owners of empathy who I interacted most with aren't like that. They're, they're probably shy away from that a lot. So you never know what they're thinking. Now going back to it, do you think it would have been a good idea for you to run it by them? No, because I don't know how to do that. Now that you're 30 years old and you'll be a man and you'll be extremely successful at podcasting and you're a leader in what you're doing, do you think it's a good idea to communicate with people? <laughs> you flipped it. Uh, um, yes. And I, so my sister helped me with this. She said, you know, Andrew, people want to feel like they're buying into the idea, almost like it's their own idea. Uh, I've gotten better at that. I have this such a quick start nature and I actually took a personality test for our company and it's like an Enneagram test and I'm a quick start, right? I'm like, this idea, let's go, let's test it. Uh, who does it even hurt? Right. I always say, who does this idea hurt? Um, and if it's a win, win, win idea, I just start. Yes, coach. But I, it's one of those things where your greatest strength sometimes does come back to hurt you. I think it's a, one of my best strengths is seeing those opportunities, is seeing how I could over-deliver for my customers. No, no, I think that's a strength, but the only thing that's missing is, I'll give you an example. Let's say at the restaurant, you're running your dad's, is it a diner? It's a cafe. It's like a fast, casual, healthy. You're doing a fast, casual cafe. And because you don't own the restaurant or the, or the cafe, you go to Pops or whoever's running the store. Because a lot of people also, we fail to teach the chain of command. And what happened, I'll give you a perfect example. When I was in the nightclub, I lived 
with the vice president. We lived in the same building at the Aria. Aria's uh, No one wins at the Aria though, right? Very few, very few, very few. <laughs> very few. I'll give you a funny story, very few. But this dude, super cool guy, Serbian guy, in shape. I was jacked at the time. We built a good friendship. I'm a promoter. I'm a little older than you are right now. Was I? Bro, no, I was your age. I was how old are you? I'm 30. But you were you were dashingly handsome. You no, were... no, yeah, yeah. But forget about it. No, I was I was shredded, bro. I went to Vegas like on point. I was 180, ripped like a beast. But I made friends with this guy. But you know what I learned that I didn't do? I learned a couple of things. There's a guy who, a real famous producer, super famous producer. His mom, who I used to train their kid. He's, he's Cuban Jewish, by the way. Real famous guy. His mom puts me with the guy who lives in Vegas. And Andrew, we went and go and we went to speak. And I met him. Uh, the Venetian, we had at the, I think it was Lux Bar, so we, we, we went for dinner there. And I went looking, like in, I think in English, it's called, they call it now a fuckboy. You know? I went looking like a pimp. Because I'm jacked. So, like, you see the muscles all through my thing and my cuts. White pants and a white shirt, right? That's what happened? White pants and a white shirt. No, it's, it's Vegas in December, so it's freezing. Okay, okay. okay. So I'm wearing like a beanie and I had this look that I like a destroyer. You could tell that I was taking the town down without even wanting to, right? And this guy told me something very interesting. He goes to me. He goes, you see that look you got going on now, man? You look super cool. You're going to get every chick in the world. It's going to be awesome. But you know what's not going to happen? People are not going to take you seriously, especially the people on top of you. I love it. Your vibe introduces you. My vibe was totally, my vibe that I was giving off was totally different. So I said, you know what? And I was like, at the beginning, I was like, fuck that, bro. I'm barely eating to maintain this eight pack that I'm rolling with. I've already taken down the, the whoever's the hottest people in town. I've already killed that in about, a, in not even a month. And you're going to tell, I'm in Vegas, bro, where like living at the Aria, driving a G-Wagon. I had every single thing to destroy everybody. But then I said, okay, what do I want? And what has been my kryptonite before? I've never drank before, so it's not alcohol. I'm not a, I don't take drugs, so it's not been drugs. I don't gamble, so it's not a gamble. But it's been women. Me understanding that now I'm going to be around the hottest girls in Vegas as servers. Who are, majority of them, aren't in the right headspace dying to hook up with anybody that's all these things if i start hooking up with these chicks that's what was my downfall in los angeles that was my downfall before because that was my ego thing to pop off to show andrew was a cool dude yep. like oh andrew's gonna respect me because of the chicks i take down instead of andrew's gonna respect me because i'm a cool guy and i'm gonna support andrew and i'm yep. gonna have his back so the best decision i made there andrew was i'm not gonna hook up i i made every girl that worked there my sister and it was extremely extremely successful and i copied a book one of the the guy who us cubans hate the most forever is a guy by the name of fidel castro like we despise him the majority unless you're communist and you go that route but that's very 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 few 
just like if you're supporting of the Nazi party, very few, but if you're part of so. I understand. Well, Russia was communist. Exactly. So, but we hated Castro like you have no idea. USSR, sorry. Yeah. And, but you got to give credit where credit due. Castro had tremendous charisma in what he did. Everything towards the evil, by the way. But I copied something that he did. When you think of Castro, what do you think of him wearing? Not even sure. I'm not sure I've ever. Think about it. Think about it for a second. What vibe does he have? What, what would he wear? Dark colors, beard. He was always wearing army fatigues. Like there's a picture of him with like some guy in England playing golf in army fatigues. Him, Che Guevara, and playing in army fatigues. And I was like, even in parliament, he was the only guy that ever went to United Nations wearing army fatigues, which wasn't a lot, but he did. And I go, why would this guy always wear army fatigues? And it was, I read it as subconsciously, he wanted to let you know that he'll take you to war at any time. <laughs> That's funny. It'd be like if you would wear your Kyrie Irving shorts, whatever, like, oh, wait a minute. I like Kyrie. I you like that. You know what I'm saying? So what I did was I adapted that style and I go everywhere I go, no matter how hot it is, no matter if I'm going to visit a guest in a pool or a superior of mine, I'm going to go in suit and tie. And I rocked a suit and tie look. I go, I'm going to show up every single day for work. I'm going to wear a suit and tie. I bought, even though I had good money saved up, most money I've ever had in my life. I went to the Boulevard Mall, off, off, off the strip. Mm -hmm. And I went to some Persian dude there. And I got two $50 suits. Since I, I, I look like a model, my waist was so small. I had veins in my stomach that I never had before. That's how lean I got. I fit them to look like Tom Ford suits. I got them so tight. And the, the V, it looked, I looked spectacular. And I wore that. And I go, I'm going to wear the suit and tie because Hyde was a lounge mm -hmm. seven days a week. And it was a nightclub three days a week. I go, I'm going to go to work every single day. And for a year. No matter what happens, I'm going to go there every single day. Positive momentum took me to a year and a half. I couldn't stop because I didn't want, I didn't want to go back. But what reason, now let's tie this back to your story. The reason why I share that is because I learned the power of putting myself in other people's shoes. And as I got this incredible hype, I learned what I'm doing with you right now in this call, which is, what did 90% of the people do the minute you got fired and you're not associated with Gary Vee anymore? They're like, fuck Andrew, I don't need this guy anymore. But what I did was, Andrew was part of my journey. Andrew is a cool dude. I want to put him on. What did he learn? What would he have done differently? What did he learn now? Is he winning now? Let's give Andrew some love. Let's call Andrew. Andrew, let's talk, man. How do you feel? I did all this stuff. And to put that back then, I got so much hype that I was a promoter. I had a boss that was my promoter, but I was hanging out. Then there was a promotions manager, director of VIP services, general manager, vice president of SBE. I'm boys with the vice president of SBE. 
But what I did that was smart was I didn't act like a big shot to all the other guys that I, it was obvious that I had different willpower. I mean, I had different, different flexibility because I had earned this thing, but I respected every single one out of the way. And what I think Vayner Andrew didn't understand is if you don't go through the channels, right? it's a disrespect. And because though, even though that's the last thing you wanted to do, but if nobody educates you on that chain of command movement, that's like in the army, Right. And it's hard for a dude when somebody's calling you out for doing something good, it's hard to go, oh, man, I'm sorry. You're like, well, wait a minute. Look, I've, I, br I brought in this guy about $50,000 worth of empathy wine. Blah, blah, blah. Does that make sense? It, it makes a lot of sense. It's, um, it's probably it's something I'm still kind of trying to understand because I don't want it to come off as disrespect. My last intention is to be disrespectful. My only intention is how do I do my job? How do I get us to the results that we're looking for? But the perception is definitely that it comes off um, as disrespect and I don't value their authority. No, not even that. It's just forget value authority. Andrew, are you still single? I am single. One day you're going to be in a relationship. If you don't communicate. Before we get into this, can I give me 30 seconds? Go, go. This is good. Man, how beautiful is it? Waking up with the sunrise, like as we do the podcast, just the sun rises. The there day it is. Happens. There it is. So since one day you're going to be a relationship. Let me gonna... Dude, just the fact that you care about me and my growth, that means the world to me, Coach. I know, man. I, I know that's, uh, that's why I'm here. But you have so much. See, the, the problem is it's you, this is your special case because you're a guy that has these special talents right? Vocabulary, work ethic, heart. You got all these great things. But the only missing formula is communication. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Just communication. And why this is important to me is, which is the reason why I went to Vayner. I went to Vayner to talk to you to, about things we're talking now. Now, because we're not in New York, we're not at that office, we're not, hey man, you got an hour, go, go talk, talk, talk. Right. The world, we're like seeing, now you're seeing the world how I see it. Like the Matrix. You know when, when uh, Neo in the Matrix at the end, when everything is going so fast that it's actually in slow motion? Now yeah. you're starting to see the world in that. And because one day I think you're going to, you want to be a husband and you want to have kids and you want to enjoy all that. If you don't communicate, bro, it's going to be a nightmare because you're going to be fighting with your chick 24-7. So now, the more you communicate, just about stuff is good. Hey, listen, babe, uh, an example. You wanted me to go to the store to get eggs. You want me to get some milk too? Just that alone, that doesn't make you weak. 
It doesn't make you less smart. It doesn't make you less assertive. You're just asking questions. And I think if now you were never supposed to stay meant to stay at Vayner, if not, you would have stayed at Vayner. But if somebody would have grabbed you, just like if somebody would have grabbed these 15 year old kids that are getting stopped by the police, whatever, and just says, time out, Andrew, you just crushed it right now. I love what you just did. Future reference. You're going to run it by this person and this person. You got that? Let me touch on this because you know, they say when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. Most more than likely I wasn't ready at that point, but there was somebody within the team that did do that. So Jim, who's one of the older guys on the team, amazing guy. He, he asked me, you know, like, let's start doing these one-on-ones. Uh, and he gave me an amazing piece of advice. I said, like, I was, I came to him. I said, what, what am I missing? You know, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not fitting in? Like all my customers love me. I'm selling wine. I'm, I'm doing the job that I'm asked to do. Uh, he said, maybe you should start treating the people that around you like you treat your customers. Yeah. Uh, it was a really good piece of advice because I, the way I sell, the way I get customers is by asking questions. What do you feel? How do you feel about this? You know? Uh, but I'm way more directive with the people next to me. It's a great piece of advice from both of you. <laughs> and eventually, you're going to use that for your wife, bro. Uh, ask more questions is, is yep. the takeaway, right? It's, but that's that's bro. Listen, man. When you go, when you go on a date, that's awesome. It flows, but everybody wants to. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants to talk about who. <laughs> We take a picture right now. Who's the first person you look at? It was a group picture. Who do you go look for in the picture? You look for yourself, for sure. That's why dogs are the most successful pets of all time. Facts. Because they take out that me, me, me kind of thing, and they make everybody around them. It's interesting that I could do that with my customers, but then with my people that I work with, uh, I've, been, I've been less like that. But if we fast forward, I'd love to – I've definitely tried to implement that, right? Like, so I try to have a theme of every year. The theme of this year for me was leadership, right? And I think that ties hand in hand. Good leaders are really <laughs> excellent communicators, right? Uh, so now with the team that I'm working with, that we're creating the brand for the CEO of Simplero, I ask them questions, you know, what are you seeing? How can nice. we improve? Yeah. And it's been dramatically, dramatically more impactful because more than likely the ideas are going to take care of themselves. But once the ideas that we, once we begin to execute on the ideas, they feel like they're their ideas. So they're way more bought in. And if you would have done that at Vayner, you would have, you, you would have been the employee of the year. Ifs and buts, right? No, but I'm done because, but you were never meant to stay there. If not, that wouldn't have taken that route. After, after our meeting that we did the podcast, which I don't even know where that podcast is, bro. We never, I don't think, I never got that. We never edited that. Do you have that or no? The computer at Vayner does. Yeah. So I did that. I went back. And then when you suggested that I talk to Lou, we talked about this with, I talked about this with Lou. And I did everything I did. And coincidentally, man, that Friday, another Friday, that Friday that I get a text from 
I met with Lou and his brother and his dad on Wednesday. That Friday that I was interviewing the baseball players at the Gold Glove Awards at, uh, at the Plaza Hotel, mm-hmm. I was just finished interviewing Ozzie Smith. And I got a text from Lou's dad saying, send me this beautiful thing, man. Look, we would love to do this with you on Saturday, this whole thing. And then after, after I got that, I heard that you got let go from, from Vayner. You weren't there anymore. And I was like, oh, dude, I felt like I got fired from there. I was like, fuck, man. Damn. How did you hear that? From Lou. Because I, I asked, like, bro, how's Andrew doing? And he's like, bro, not so good. We, we just got to let him go. Well, and I was I, like. So, like, I got a few texts like, like that. Like, hey, you know, I, I, I'm sure you're not doing so well. Fuck that. So this is where you don't get me. So I come in. And I get a little competitive. I commit. I'm going to give you 100% of me. And it, it was a punch to the gut. But I didn't question myself for one minute after I left. Or- no, because your intention was good. It's not like you were stealing yeah. wine. Your intention was good. The reason why you feel that was because you did so much to get that job. Yep. You'll never probably do more. You'll do more for your own company, for your own thing. But you've never done so much. So it's like, bro, something this guy worked like did all these things for, you know, and he's not there anymore. And so I, I remember that day vividly, bro. I appreciate you caring, but the way I framed it is, okay. If you look at this perspective, I learned how to do, I understood what Gary's content machine really is. I got to see the behind the scenes. That's invaluable in of itself. I, I finally believed that I really am good at sales. I'm not great yet. I still believe I have this next level, this professional level. Um, but I'm good. And then I learned how to edit a podcast. So if you take that in six months, I generated a hundred K for empathy. I learned how to edit a podcast. I understood how content creation is done. Big picture, Andrew. You met you, coach HP. Hold on. You met coach HP. A relationship for life. You see that? The relationships, the skills that I learned, I was like, I could, I've won these six months. I put in a hundred percent. I've won these six months. Uh, Andrew, when you edit the podcast, what, what software would you use? I use premiere. Really? Yep. Yeah, man. See, I didn't even, I, I still don't mess with premiere. I still, it's like, Oh, I just, you know, what we'll really, what we're starting to use for our brand for Calvin is this program called Descript, where you can literally hot it. So transcribes all the text. And you could edit videos by highlighting the text. Uh, and not only can you edit video through text highlighting, you can create audiograms. You could literally export an audiogram. It's unbelievable tool. The script. Bro, I'm I'm praying, Andrew, that my days of having to do any kind of operational stuff are very close, bro. Good. I'm praying. So I'm I'm gonna write hard my iMovie techniques mm-hmm. till. I, I think I'm around the corner, bro. I think I'm around the corner with that. Let's talk present day, man. Let's do it. Present day. How do you feel now? What's your future like? Your mindset? Well, that's big. Um, dude, I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful for the most basic things. Like if I thought I was grateful when working for Gary or when mm-hmm. I was I would say I'm 10x that grateful because of 
My sister went on a trip and she got home safe. That's the win. My family, my mom and my dad are in Cancun. They're enjoying their lives. They're having fun. They're happy. That's the win. Uh, Andrew, you miss living in New York? No, not at all. I really enjoyed having space. Actually, yeah, I want to live by the water soon. I really want to buy property in Cancun. I think it's a booming, booming market. I think dude, we've been going there for 15 years. One, I love Latin culture. I think they're some of the best people in the world. I The only thing I people say, like every time I'm like, we're going to Cancun, they're like, what about the cartels? I never really understood that question. Um, but I would, I would want to buy a place in New York and I uh, in Cancun. And I love being by the water right now. So you don't miss New York at all? Nah. Because because of the space, let's say you had a, a same space. You because you're a very family guy. Yeah. Do you, see, I'm not. I'm I'm the reverse man. I don't. And I, and I as as I talk to a lot of people, and it's weird what our destinies are and what we do. Yep. Some some people tell me they're like, man, what you've done, live in a car, for six months, go to Vegas, not knowing anybody, like alienate yourself from everybody. It's like, people are like, bro, that's not easy to do, to really change your whole life at 38 and just to, to go on a dream. I go, yeah, but I got lucky that I got put in a place where I'm not close for their reasons, not my reasons, to my, to my family. So I don't have that like, oh, if I leave, if I get an opportunity that it's some, almost decent, the Coach HP family is moving to, to New York City, buddy. I, I respect it, but, and, but it's not because of New York, it's because it's, I think it's something that you've wanted to do. You want the, the relationships that will come with it. I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. Dude. I'm so happy that you're happy where you are right now, that you're happy with the family. What's your favorite type of music? I can't answer. I, a few things came to mind. I love reggae. I love J Cole. I love chill house. And I love Frank Sinatra. Those are, those are some classics, man. If you were to have, okay, one, I'm going to put you like this because you're a romantic dude. A mm -hmm. night in Cancun. Yep. Your house on the water. You got a chick that you've been wanting your whole life. You flew her in, Andrew. I really got have, that for you. You have dinner? What music, what you know, you got one song to play. What song are you playing? I got it. Strangers in the Night by Frank Sinatra. There it is. Strangers in the Night by Frank Sinatra. Classic man. Classic man. I'm an and, old coach. I know. I know. I love it. I love it. Andrew, any questions for me? Anything, bro, before we go? What's next for coach? What's the next six months look like? You know, my man, if I can project anything and if I had my way, um, part of Barstool Sports. I got my, I have a show with them. I, I met with the, with the CEO, with the team. I'm waiting to meet Dave when he comes back. Nice. But I think that's going to be my, have a feeling, have a real strong feeling. Just like I told you that day, that that's going to be my thing. I, I was so lucky. Here's a story. I don't know if I shared this with you. I was so lucky to meet Gary. I just, I just, all I wanted to do was to be able to tell Gary, hey, what's up, bro? Oh my God, HP, what's up, bro? That's it, that's it, that's it. And during this corona thing, which affected everybody differently, right? I tell people, here's a story for you. 
to tell people that watch how life works funny. So you're telling me that during Corona, I was in New York February 21st when I met Gary at Vayner. We went there. I'm talking just like you were in the cab that you had that Uber meeting. I had my little thing. All I did, which you see because I documented it, I gave him love. I didn't ask for anything. He goes to me, me and you need to have dinner. We left there. That Saturday, we were in Westchester at a card show. Me, Lou, Big Lou, You went Gary. to a card Westchester? Yes, with Gary. Dude, that's that, I went to that one this year. So we were there. Let's go. Okay. Getting into the card game. I got, I'm like, this is, I would never, ever, ever be there. Man, I respect everybody's doing it. I understand. I'm like, this is not my scene at all. Unless I'm doing content of something, unless I'm covering the event. Not, really, not, gonna, not really Vegas VIP lifestyle. No, that's not even my vibe either. But just that thing is like, like it's not my world. But I got to see Gary with his kids outside of there was on a camera there there wasn't a d-rock there there was nothing and how nice that guy was to everybody how he took pictures with everybody how he was patient with his kids the daughter was like i didn't want to be there that long he went up walked her out made sure she was safe with whoever else they had came back down was with his son he was there Bought sports cards with the kid, answered questions with the kid. Just so patient with everybody, man. Just like a gentleman, so nice with everybody, man. That was awesome to see so I could share that with people because a lot of people now follow me, respect me now because I spent time with Gary. And I go, let me share you what was most important about that. Then when we were done, people don't know this, but I was supposed to meet Gary in Tampa because Blake... Snell, I think it's his last name. I always forget his last name. The okay. Cy Young reached out to Gary and goes, listen, why don't you, we would love for you to come talk to the team. So in spring training, he was going to come talk to the team and I was going to meet him in Tampa. Very cool. But Corona hit. So everything there got canceled. So during this virus that has brought a lot of negativity, I look at everything as positive. I've been able with a pregnant wife, which is very difficult. She's about to give birth next month. Yeah. With a pregnant wife, I've been able to, I think, start a very positive podcast, heavy, nice. build a relationship with Barstool. I think it's going to be my future of where I'm going to end up. Lose 40 pounds. Okay. Back to those veiny abs? Not, the, not, not that kind of crazy, but just decent enough to where the vibe looks that we could make positivity sexy again. Make it a, a good thing that I can fight the fight in a good way. I One of the people that were on my podcast was, you know Jorge Masvidal is? Never heard. No. He's a, do you watch UFC? Not particularly. He's, he's the guy, the Cuban guy that became famous. He just fought Usman nice. in Dubai. And he's the guy that kicked uh, the guy with a flying knee kick and ended in two seconds. I'm going to send you the clip. So you, you'll, if you see him, you'll know who he is. I'm a Nergameta fan. A who? The, the, uh, Khabib. Khabib, yeah, yeah. Monster. So, yeah, monster, monster. So this dude, they called him Street Jesus. You ever heard of Kimbo Slice was? Yes. So he, he fought 
with Kimbo in the street days. Do you remember those early days of YouTube? He was on that. Jorge Masvidal was on that. I'm going to send you a clip. You're going to love this dude. We were so watching they, that at lunchtime. So they call him Street Jesus because he fought when Kimbo became big and Kimbo would kind of like be the host of it. He's fighting there. So Jorge Masvidal started over there. Long story short, I have his. I had his strike coach, Paulino Hernandez, on the show, and I started taking strike lessons and thing with him. Let's go there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm practicing from you. I don't know shit about it, but I'm learning. I'm learning. But that's starting the movement of what I think is going to be the next route of Coach HP, which is going to be the biggest. Which I, if I anticipate it, and we feel our vibes is have a podcast on Barstool. Be a personality of Barstool. Bring what I bring to the table. Yeah. They which need, is. You bring an entire community that they don't offer right now. A exactly. whole movement. I think, it, I think you're there. I think you have it. So that's the move, man. And now with that platform, do a whole lot of good. Because that has obviously the eyeballs of the world's on that. Grab that and do a whole ton of good, bro. So. Can I ask you what's Erica like? Like from a distance, she's so captivating. She looks very intelligent, very strategic. What's she like? That bro, we met. Calculative, calculative, natural, authentic. We rec she rec we recorded her podcast. I think it comes out today of episode of me on her podcast on the Token CEO, which was awesome. She is. I told her, I said, listen, you're going to, I go, you don't know how important your role is and what you're doing. She's like, really? I go, yeah, because I'm going to tell you why. You are now of this time being a CEO. That's a woman that doesn't give a fuck. That'll curse. That'll wear what she want to wear, mm -hmm. but be feminine at the same time, but be about the boys and go play hockey and mm -hmm. lacrosse. But then we'll like, I go, women are really going to, young girls are going to really start looking up to you. They do already. The amount of moms that follow me because I, because of the baseball thing or the sports thing that were like, oh my God, Erica Nardini, Erica Nardini is huge. She's like, really? I go, you're going to be this generation's, watch this. You're going to be this generation's Oprah, man. A lot of people are going to go your route because of what you're doing. And the fact you were able to build brand and right. start your own podcast. I agree. I think they're, I think women in sports, I think she's in a lot of ways paving that way. Like it's basically, I see her as the CEO of ESPN. Exactly. Exactly. And coming from her background of AOL internet backstage, it's just, it's sick. So I go, I want to be here while you're here. I want to be your guy. And I think with your stuff and then with the team they have there and the leadership of Portnoy, who's a, who's a monster, man. Whether you like him or not, he's a complete monster. And no one's won more at Corona than him. He's, How do you he's, think he handled the call her daddy scandal? Like a, like, a, like a G. Because everything is content to that guy. So you can't lose. He starts a trading thing. You criticize him. It's content. You can't lose. He When the all-in challenge comes in, his boy Roger Goodell... Puts up a, I don't know if you know this. You know the all-in challenge? Yep. So have a, the opportunity to have Monday Night Football with Roger Goodell in his basement. I'll take that. 
I'm going to bet 200. He bought it for $250,000. And then what happened when, when Roger backs down in the NFL content, I win again. When Superman, who just got fired yesterday. Yes. From HBO. Oh my God. What a tough year for those two. I've okay. Don't I, like dude, there's don't be a snake in business. Like it's going to get out. Exactly. If that guy, but, but that's the message. What if that guy would have come and go, Hey Dave, can I talk to you for a second, bro? Listen, man, when I talk to you, have to give people, whoever you interview, whether you agree with them or not, you got to give people some love. You just can't like totally discredit whatever they've done in their life. Like I've seen people criticize a rod for talking about the baseball swing. I'm like, listen, he, because he wasn't, he's not teaching or not talking about the most popular approach. I go, yeah, but that's A-Rod. You got to respect that. You just can't go, ah, he doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. And you got to respect what this guy's done at Barstool, bro, whether you agree with him or not. You got to give that respect. And these people don't. Because what if that guy would have done, hey, man, I want to talk to you for a second. Listen, I'm in love with this chick. To be honest, I'm in love with this chick. This is who I am. This is what I can bring to the table. I don't think she's getting treated that fairly, bro, for what they bring to the table. Do you see that or you don't see that or what's going on? But no, it's the classic sleazeball move of, yeah, I got the chick. Perfect. I see an opportunity. Let me see if I can broker this. She's a little weak in this department. They don't know about that, blah, blah, blah. But he handled it like a pimp, bro. And he got content out of it. He got merch out of it. He can't, they can't lose. I think Alex is one of the, you know, um, uh... They come off as one personality on Call Her Daddy. Alex is incredibly smart. And she's the editor of it. She's the editor of it. She, I learned a lot from her. She, from cuts, she cuts her podcast uh, to remove dead moments. Yes. How smart is that? People think of a podcast as just straight through. No, 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 no. Cut the dead moments. Make it all captivating. She's really smart. I like smart. her. Those are business. Andrew Goldberg, I do not do that. I just put the podcast up and let God or the Holy Spirit do its way. But she does one a week, every Wednesday. Yep. And it's a whole day editing and it's it's a formula that works, brother. My man, listen, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank I'm here for, for you. Yeah, you. What happened? Thank you for caring about me. Always, brother. Always. Uh, you're one of the good guys. You're gonna see you haven't even started your potential yet, man. Good things are coming for you. I love that you're doing the podcast. I love you're in that space. You're gifted with the voice. You're gifted with vocabulary, tonality. You have all those things. Use it, man. I don't think you're, I still don't think you're talking enough. Gotta talk more. Can you, can I ask you one last question and we'll wrap? Yes. How do you develop that persona for a podcast? How do you get into a character? You are the character. What do you mean? You are the guy. You're the guy. You're the guy. The minute they hit action, the minute the ball goes up, do all right. Here's a funny question. Here's two. I'm gonna give you two questions. In soccer, what position did you play? Striker. Do I go in the middle of the game? Hey man, so how do you develop this striking thing? Do you just go, okay, you're it? In basketball, do I go, hey man, do you just how do you get so competitive? Do you just go no? What you gotta understand is if you approach podcasting social media, speaking, like Andrew, the soccer player, Andrew, the card guy, Andrew, the cafe runner, the cafe's owner's son, Andrew, the basketball guy, it's game over. I love Own, it. You just come in with you. And then when you're vulnerable, 
you say it. And when you're happy, you say it. And when you fuck up, listen, guys, I'm sorry. I messed up here. I said uh, this, this, this. I went the other way, but I'm human. And then you keep going. And then you keep going. You're that already. The only thing missing is you don't have that thing hitting you to put out more content. So you're going to get vulnerable if whatever you're doing now, if they cut you or they whack you, or that, then you're vulnerable again. But the minute you start understanding and you listen to me and go, listen, bro, what do you have right now? What are your strengths? Honesty. You're a cool dude who wants to help, that has a history that's open about his problems, about his downfalls, about working with it, about getting better. And just talking and you have talent that you did nothing for. You got blessed with a very good voice. Like your voice. I mean like a voice, like the voice of the people. Like, like the way you talk is always is very, very, very good. It's funny. That's one of the things I was most subconscious about. It's, it's yeah. really funny you say that. But as an outsider that's blessed with, I see people's virtues all day long. I see what stops them and I see what helps them grow. And you have that. So I would every single day do an episode of something. Because now, now how do you win? You win because you have that card show once a week, right? Every day. Every day. So day. What, we give a daily play. And if so, you followed us the last two weeks, your 2500 bucks that we told you to invest, we've given you some really winning plays. That's what makes me the most passionate. How so that we... So then you do a sports center show based on that. So you do, all right, guys, here's my, here's my Sunday wrap up show. So Monday, Monday, I made somebody this much because I told you to Tuesday, I did this Wednesday, I did this and you edit it and you put that out. That's one. I love it, coach. That's brilliant. Um, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. That was actually our most popular episode out of all of them. It was like a weekend recap that we blended into an episode. But you do it every Sunday, every Sunday or Saturday. Hey, guys, here's the recap of the week, blah, 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 and that's it. I love it, Coach. I appreciate you spending the morning with me. You're, Always. A, you're a different dude, and good luck with your new baby. Thank you, brother. His name's going to be Cruz. He comes. He's the uh, first two weeks, I think, of September. But I hope to see you soon, my man, and I wish you nothing but the best, okay? Love you very much. Thank you, Coach. All right, brother. Love you too, man. Later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 